name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 604. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because it'll help you to feel outstanding <laughs> or something like that. Do you feel outstanding today? It's a little early, but yeah, I feel pretty good. good. Decent night's sleep. Good. More than I could say for you, my darling. Yeah, but I did get out and water the flowers, and it's like a nice, cool morning. A crisp morning. It's a little on the crisp side. Uh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you feel outstanding. I already said that. And always remember our <laughs> motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Um, on today's show, go ahead and lead it. Well, tease it. we are going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, Najwa Zebian's book. Um, it's called Welcome Home. And it's I'm actually not done with it, so I don't want to get too far into it. But I was telling uh, Todd about one concept that she talks about, about building your own foundation inside of you and what you need to do to do that, which that'll be my teaser. Building your own foundation inside of you just means her title, Welcome Home, means finding a home inside of yourself rather than finding a home inside of other people. Mm. And if you are someone who has found a home inside of other people, it's because at some point in your life, you were you felt or were made to feel that who you were was not going to cut it. Mm. And that your sense of worth was based on other people's evaluation of you and whether or not they accepted you as worthy. Then you felt like, and I'm putting this in air quotes, okay, I'm home. But the truth is the only home, the reason that we all have this thing inside of us that pulls us toward grace and and self-love and compassion for um, our own experiences is that our only home that really makes us feel alive and well is the home inside of ourselves. And that is, if you didn't get that foundation as a kid, then any point in time, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you can start to rebuild. Mm. And that's what she talks about. And I thought you would enjoy some of her points. When you say you, you mean me or our audience? Anytime I think this is a book I want to share with Todd, I assume that means a lot of people would be interested. Got it. So uh, I've not read the book, just so everybody knows kind of the behind the scenes workings of Zen Parenting Radio. We record on Monday mornings. And as you say to Kathy, Sunday, sometime around seven or eight, you got anything? (laughs) So uh, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm all for... Sometimes I come up with stuff, but sure. most of the time it's Kathy's idea. So I'm just going to be like you guys riffing off of whatever it is Kathy says. But already you've made me think of two things. One okay. is I coached a client yesterday and he realized or we realized together that he outsources his need for approval from the outside. So this kind of blends into... So you said that in two different ways. He outsources his need from the outside. He outsources his need for approval, for approval. from the outside. So he's only worthy if other people think he's worthy. And that's exactly what this book is, yeah. And the other thing mm-hmm. is Ryan, who is one of our Team Zen members, has a podcast called True North. Uh-huh. And they talk a lot about this. So I'm just going to give a plug to Ryan's uh, podcast called True North. And he has a really kind of cool opening line, kind of how we have the best predictor line. He has like a, a, I forget what it is, and I'd tear it apart if I tried to do it. But anyways, those are the two things that I thought of. But first, we have uh, our Zen Parenting Moment that Kathy writes twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. And we are going to focus on one that she wrote actually last week called Pride. 
Happy Pride, Todd. Happy Pride to you, my darling. June is Pride Month. Hopefully all of you know that and have been celebrating in your own way, if it be by hanging up your pride flag or um, posting something on social media or just acknowledging um, internally and externally um, this month of celebration of supporting the LGBTQ community and any of your, either you personally or loved ones who are members of the LGBTQ um, community. So happy pride. It blends beautifully into the, yeah, into today's topic it does. because this is the quote that you chose for this Zen parenting moment, which you can subscribe to right now by scrolling on the notes of your iPhone or your Android. Um, and you can just give your name, last name, email address, and you're in. But uh, it says, we are not what other people say we are. We are who we know ourselves to be, and we are what we love. So we have stumbled on the fact that our topic today blends in beautifully, at least with that quote. Mm -hmm. And that's Laverne Cox. Who's Laverne Cox? Um, you do know Laverne Cox. She is um, a transgender woman. She is an actress. Um, she was in Orange is the New Black. Mm. Um, I tend to see her more as an activist. I listen to a lot of interviews with her. Um, I find her to be very wise, and um, she happens to be very beautiful, too, on that note. Um, but anyway, so I just appreciate her words. Sweet. And why did you write this Zen Parenting Moment, my darling? Well, because it's Pride Month, and also to, um, in my own family, celebrate um, uh, my oldest daughter and my niece, who are both members of the LGBTQ plus community and uh, my niece and her fiance, who um, we love dearly. And um, so I just, but I feel like even before um, having our own family members who we adore, um, it was something that we did mm -hmm. because you, we had friends and we had um, people that we worked with and acquaintances and just being allies for anybody's sense of self. Um, I was just talking with a friend the other day and they had um, a family member that recently came out and she was saying, you know, I just don't know if this is something we need to talk about at home that much. I don't know if this is something we need to talk about in the school. I just don't know. You know, she asked me if we should hang up a flag and I was saying no and, you know, we should just keep this between us for now. And that is like asking some, like I was telling Todd this story and Todd's like, that's like asking someone to not breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea that when someone says, this is who I am and we say, okay, but let's only discuss this in certain circles or let's not share this or let's keep this quiet. Now it's one thing to say you have your own process of acceptance. Sure. You know, if you're, if you need to come to terms with that in your own way and you need some time, so be it. Like yeah. there, I'm not shaming that feeling mm. or that I'm not judging that because we all need to have our own process. But I think that whenever we're trying to downplay a part of ourselves or our children um, or people we love, it, it's harmful. Yeah, whenever you ask anybody to stuff down something that they want to release, mm -hmm. it's typically not a good idea. Stuff down a part of who somebody is. Yeah. Then yeah. you're not welcoming them home. Their essence. <laughs> yeah. Right. What other what subliminal messages happen as a result? Correct. Um, before we get into this book, tell me the name of it again. It's again. called Welcome Home. Welcome Home. Sweetie's got another book, and she might mm -hmm. hit a fly with it in a second because it's buzzing around her studio. I know. They love our studio. They love it in here. Why? Why must? Um, a quick update from last week's podcast. We talked about creativity. We um, we 
played some things from an Ethan Hawke TED Talk, and one of my friends listened to the podcast and challenged me a little bit. Oh, I can't a, wait. In a loving way, but it was uh, Ethan, Ethan Hawke played a clip where he, uh, he spoke about when he was 12 years old, he was in a play, and he knew that that's what he was going to do for the rest of his life. I and, remember. And I had a little bit of self-criticism, like, ah, I... I didn't have that calling or I didn't have that voice or if I did the voice that spoke, I wasn't listening. And he challenged me to expand what that means. And what I mean by that is there was a moment in my life when I was like 31 years old and I got home from my golf weekend in Galena and Kathy asked me how it was. And I said, it was great. And she's like, how are the guys? Cause all we did was drink and gamble and play golf. I said, they're great. And she said, but how are the guys what's going on in their lives? And I didn't have a clue because I had not a moment of authentic conversation with any of these men that I went to college with whom I loved. And it was at that moment I realized that something wasn't working in my life and it was the creation of, that was the beginning of the creation of a men's group that I'm now the executive director of. So I thought it was a wonderful reflection back to me. Like, yes, the, the voice has been spoken in your head and you have listened. So I thought it had to look a certain way. Exactly. I mean, mean? and Todd, I think that you're not the only one, but I, because I live with you, I I hear it a lot. There is like a structure of how things should go and this needs to look a certain way. And the truth was, is the, the seeds for that men's group were planted when you were really young because it was about having friendships, male friendships as family. Mm -hmm. And it was about the importance of how your home was in your three best friends or yep. in your two best friends down the street and that that became home to you and that was college. And so you realized that that is how people, men, can feel safe and heard. Right. And so th- your experience at 31 may not have been as pronounced and as big of a deal if you hadn't already been this person your whole life. Right, there's other whispers Correct. along the way. Right. So I thought it was a wonder- wonderful reflection back and... Uh, and I think, you know, just expand what the voice is supposed to sound like and how you're supposed to step into that space. Yes. So anyways, uh, if you're interested in listening to that podcast, it was last Tuesday's, I think it's podcast 603. And if there's any guys out there that are interested in having authentic conversations and, you know, just connecting with men in a very unique way, go to menliving.org. Um, can I say one more thing about um, about pride? Sure, sweetie. You're the CEO of this company. Well, and you know, it's funny. I'm kind of trying to find my my writing um, about pride. I'm locating it. I have it right here. Oh, can you hand it to me? Yeah. Thank you. I'm looking in my computer because I, you know, that's where it normally would be. But I think that... I think um, it's on the first page. I think it's in the... I see it. It's right here. Okay. So I think one of the most important things that... um, as families, as parents, as people who love our kids um, and other people's kids and, you know, we're community members, you know, there's so many roles that we play, is that remembering that anything, sexuality and gender, are experiences in coming, again, coming home to ourselves and realizing who we are, okay? So it may take many different how do I say this? Not versions, but discussions, iterations, iterations, evaluations, you know, the process of maybe realizing that you fall somewhere that, you know, you find yourself to be bi or you realize that you do, you may have an attraction to the you know opposite sex and, or you may have an attraction to the same sex and you're not sure yet. And 
Um, same with gender, that you find yourself to not be sure. You you don't feel like you fall along the the binary completely like people around you do. And that I'm saying this because something I hear from parents a lot is, but you didn't, you were dating a boy last year <laughs> or, you know, you, you used to love to wear dresses or what, and we kind of fall into these like stereotypes of this is, this can't be what you're telling me must not be true because I've seen different things from you. Mm-hmm. And that when our children are coming to us and saying, I feel this way about my sexuality or gender, or this is who I feel like I am. And we start to say, no, you're not. Um, you c- Maybe you're having that response, but I want to tell you that you're eventually going to be screaming into the void. Like there's no, this is, somebody is telling you this is who I am and you are either going to be someone who says, I'm open to listening, I'm open to learning, Um, please tell me what I can do to support you or you're going to be someone who's breaking the connection. So I would uh, restate what you just said with two words. It's the yeah buts. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, but. Right. And when somebody's telling you about something as critical and as personal as their sexuality and their preferences. Or their gender. Or their gender, and you say, yeah, but, that's those are two words that you probably don't want to put together when having that conversation. You could say, tell me more. Yes. Tell me what I missed. Yes. Um, educate me in the ways that you feel like you can, and also take education as your responsibility and Mm -hmm. don't look to your kid or your family member for all of that. Um, but I wanted to read, um, just, just a little bit of what I wrote. It says, when I talk to parents about sex, gender, or anything that feels different or expansive, there's initially a lot of defensiveness or complaints that it's way too much to understand or that things should be simpler. While the desire for simplicity is understandable, it's simply not possible when we're talking about complex human beings. Mm It was simpler when we were growing up, and I'm talking about us Gen Xers, because the safety and space to share about ourselves wasn't available, not because differences didn't exist. And this is a misunderstanding too, is we'll say, but you know, no one in my high school was gay or there was nobody transgender that I hung out with. or And it wasn't because it wasn't there. It's because there was no space or safety or education or acknowledgement or opportunity. opportunity for that kind of expression. And the people who were willing to do that were trailblazers. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who have gotten us to the point that we're at. And then the last thing is um, that I'll say, us as parents and as people, you know, taking care of the people we love, people thrive and develop foundational confidence. And that's kind of what we're talking about with this book. If they are seen and heard and we love our children well by supporting them as they express the many aspects of their unique selves, it's our job to do the ongoing necessary work to become more educated and aware so we can show up as competent allies for our children and the entire LGBTQ plus community. That is our job to become more competent. And I chose that word competent. I I had put loving, supportive, and I woke up one morning and I said, no, I'm going to change that word to competent because, you know, supportive allies. No, we need to be solid Mm -hmm. allies. Well, and what you just said is, uh, and once again, try to compress it into three words, do your work. Right. And don't ask your kid who's telling you about themselves to educate you, do your own work and, and have these conversations. I mean, obviously you're gonna have a conversation with your kid, but also have conversations with others, do your own reading. And I think sometimes, and you know, I, I'm guilty of this, not regarding sexuality and our daughter, but just it's easier to like hope that 
somebody will explain it to you in a way so that it fits into your model of what it's supposed to look like in your brain. And that's when I try to step back and do my own work around it as opposed to work in, in, inside the mess. So two suggestions that uh, Todd and I can offer is, number one, we did a podcast with our daughter, JC, her friend um, Grace, and her friend Edgar, where they talked about um, sexuality in the Gen Z, um, you know, group and how they talk about it and how their, um, what am I trying to say? Their generation mm -hmm. s speaks and feels about you know, sexuality. It's just kind of a, a much more different conversation. And that podcast was a couple months ago. Todd's going to look up the number. Yeah. When it comes to um, gender, obviously there's many things you can read, but one of the, one of my favorite podcasts I listened to happened to be with Laverne Cox. And she talked to Brene Brown on her podca uh, podcast called Unlocking Us. And their discussion um, about, they actually talked specifically about a documentary about um, transgender While you're pulling that out, yeah. the podcast with our daughter and her two friends, Gen Z Perspective on Sexual Orientation, a discussion with JC, Edgar, and Grace, podcast number 588. And I'll include that in the show notes. So you can just click over there after this if you're interested. Okay. And the pot and the, uh, again, the podcast is Brene Brown and Laverne Cox, but they talk specifically about a documentary called Disclosure. And um, so anyway, just... These opportunities that we have, again, when we're asking our kids about these things, we're asking them about them as people. How do you feel? How can I support you? But then there's the bigger education of how this fits into the world and the community and what we can do as um, as allies to become more educated and supportive and aware. Mm. That's So it's like both at the same time. Okay. So, right. so we got about 20 minutes to all right. get through this book. All right. Well, we're not going to get through this book, but we're going to get through this concept. Okay. So again, um, Najwa Zebian um, and the book is Welcome Home. And so one of the things that she talked about, which is, I, you know, the, the word that I loved that she used is she said, because in this book, again, she's talking about how we come to understand ourselves better. And she said, in education, we refer to the transfer of knowledge on a theoretical level to a practical level as praxis. And I'll explain more specifically what that means. But to have a word that describes something that Todd and I have been trying to talk about on this show forever, which is turning education into practice in your real life. The fact that there's a word, praxis. Is it a real word or made up? <laughs> no, word? it's, it's, she said, we, and I, I, in education, we refer to the transfer of knowledge on a theoretical level to a practical level of, as praxis. So basically, what that means is for all of you, that read a lot of self-help books or listen to a lot of podcasts or are in therapy talking about your own self-awareness or you're discussing mindfulness, if you are not taking those awarenesses and that education that you are acquiring and then utilizing it and practicing it with the people you love the most, then you are not experiencing praxis yet, okay? You are still just talking about how you think you should feel, or, you know, I kind of feel like what people do with their theoretical knowledge is they talk about other people. Mm. They try yeah. to apply it to others rather than realize how it applies in their own life. Like meditation is in itself a practice 
And the whole process is noticing how you think and being aware of the voices in your head, not just for that moment or those 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it may be that you're meditating, but so you can do that when you're having a discussion or argument with your partner or your children. It's using that theoretical knowledge about Which is mindfulness, right? Presence and applying it in, in the moment when your kid's driving you nuts. Correct. Um, I've never heard of this word before. You brought it up to me yesterday, and I looked it up. I googled the definition: practice, as distinguished from theory. Wait, praxis, Todd. I know, but this is the definition. Oh, oh, got it, got it, got it. Practice, comma, as distinguished from theory. Okay, same thing, right? So, um, it's funny because this reminds me of I statements because. Sometimes when I'm talking on the podcast or in a men's group, I use the term you a lot. And this and the I statement is one reminder for me, like it's not about teaching others, it's about my own experience. Correct. Correct. So that's like a tiny example of I think what you're talking about is how do we the meditation example you brought up is perfect. Like I meditate 10 minutes a day every day. And I also yell at my kids from this reactive place later on in the day. Well, I don't know if praxis is happening. Right. You know? You don't yell at your kids. I know. I'm making it up. Oh, you're making it up. Okay. Sweetie I was going to say. I'm saying. <laughs> well, the only reason I say that is not because I'm trying to be protective, but that's just not your style. No, like, it's not. You get frustrated. Every day. <laughs> no, I'm not a yeller. No, um, but that's not how you communicate it with me or anybody else. So It's a huge word. How, how did this word elude us for 10 years? Which word? Praxis. Well, that's what I mean. Like I'm, I had, I read this and I was like, okay, like how many books and, and not just self-help books, but you know, all the training, all the training you and I have both done in regards to like a Western approach to understanding knowledge and applying it in psychology or social work or whatever it may be. I don't know how it eluded us. Maybe we just looked right over it. But I also realized that there's this place that my sister... And her husband, they live in Batavia that they work out at or they used to, and it was called praxis. Mm. And I didn't realize what that word meant, Mm -hmm. but now I do. Well, and my biggest example of this, and I'm just coming up with this off the cuff, I didn't know, but whenever I'm reading a good book, I'm always thinking about who else needs to read it. I know. And and that's maybe just the way my mind is hardwired, but really if I'm going to practice praxis, I will... Forget about who this book is good for and just start integrating the words that I'm reading on the page. I so agree with you um, because I think the majority of people do that. I think people watch a show or they listen to a podcast or they read something and they think about how they're going to help someone else with this. And one of the things that I mentioned to you either last week or the week before, and again, I'm only saying this to you right now because you and I are the only ones in this room. I could, you know you could probably say this back to me as well, is that remember when I was saying to you that sometimes when on Teams that are on the show, I can tell when you're teaching a concept versus sharing something from your heart. Mm -hmm. And there is this feeling of when someone is like, I'm going to teach this cool thing I learned from a book. And it sounds so stiff and so like... um, Number one, mm-hmm. number two, it's it's like sharing knowledge, and you can tell that person. It's like okay, this is this is what's coming to me. I see pictures in my head. It's like a very stiff pair of pants that mm-hmm. you're putting on that you've never worn them before. You really don't understand how they fit, and you keep telling everybody these are your favorite pants, mm-hmm. but you've never worn them. Mm. Versus a pair of jeans that you wear all the time that you understand. You understand how they fit, how they make you feel, and then you talk about this pair of jeans. 
And when you're talking about it, people are looking at the jeans going, obviously you understand this because you're wearing the jeans. They, they look exactly what you say and I can tell how much you enjoy them. It's such a different experience. Well, and there's like this energetic aspect. I think about it in terms of when I'm in with a group of guys and if I or a man is giving advice, right. I tune out and they tune out to me when I'm giving advice right. instead of giving a life experience. Right. Like this, this happened to me and this is how I screwed it up or dealt with it. That's so much more engaging than this is what you need to do. Oh, even when anyone says that sentence to me, well, what you need to do is, yeah. and, and again, people could maybe give me an example where it sounds okay, but when someone is sharing their story, they can use their theoretical knowledge. Mm-hmm. They can use the, you know, other people's quotes, or they can, it's not that they can only share their story and add no educational material into it, but you can tell when it's something they really get or something they just want you to think they mm-hmm. get. You can just feel it. And, or, and I, so... I, why I'm saying this to you is if you are telling your children something they should do and you don't do it, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I would, you know, so many people email me and say, I want my kid to get into a meditation class. I want my kid to get into a yoga class. How do I find these classes? I'll be like, where do you take your classes? Well, I don't do those things. Mm-hmm. So why are you having your kid do it? Yeah. Now, I know the answer to that question because yeah. you feel like they're anxious and you want to give them this tool. But if you don't understand it, you don't have your own experience with. I'm laughing because the fly is um, Sweetie, bothering this me. This is your opportunity to practice your meditation. I know. Be mindful of the fly. I know. Why must um, this? What you're talking about is modeling. It's modeling, and it's also it's it's modeling and authenticity because we might also try on a pair of pants and pretend we like it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? For sure. We might be like, like, let's think about the low rise. But you got to really wear the pair of pants, right? Like low rise pants. I, Todd, you don't know what these are, but these were so big for a while and they like basically came up to half of your hip. Mm-hmm. And the only people who really enjoyed them are people who like don't have hips. Are size or, zero. Yeah, or exactly. Like, or, and I don't even know if they did. Yeah. Like they were not comfortable. Please. One quick sidebar. Mom jeans are. Totally back. And I don't think I ever heard the term mom jeans until the Saturday Saturday Night Live <laughs> commercial. Were mom jeans a thing before the Saturday Night Live That's commercial? That's a good question. I because don't Because now kids wear mom jeans. Right. Which is funny because you'd think that the last thing kids <laughs> want to wear are mom jeans. I know. It's like we went from low rise to skinny to mom jeans. Like someone, one of my girls just said to me, yeah, I miss skinny jeans. I'm like, well, we can still wear them. <laughs> like we can, we don't have to don't like- get me throw, started on that. We don't have to throw them away. And when I'm saying we, I mean me, I'm not throwing them away. But anyway, low rise pants suck, but people like, to me, mm-hmm. but people would wear them and be like, yeah, they're trendy. They're great. I'm going to make them work. And they'd always have like plumber butt, you know, when you bend down Plumber's because crack. you just can't help it. And so we'd be like, yeah, these pants are great, but I can tell you don't that these pants are not great Mm -hmm. for us. So we're saying we like something when we really don't. So we may be wearing them, but it's not really our authentic selves. And so that's a different version, you know, pants as a demonstration of authenticity. Um, I have a quick um, illustration, I guess. Okay. uh, And it's just a praxis is in the middle and there's three words around it. And maybe they talk about this in the book. Mm -mm. It's um, theory leads to action. Yes. Leads to reflection. Mm. leads to theory, action, reflection. It's just like a cycle, right? Perfect. Because what's important about that theory, action, reflection, reflection, 
is that you may start practicing something, learn something different, and then take another path. Mm -hmm. You may find from an experience of, we're just using mindfulness right now because it's easy, of meditation or yoga or mindfulness that really what you like is something completely different. Yeah. You you figure out that you like nature walks or mm -hmm. you figure out that you like um, chanting or you figure out that you like, we were talking in Team Zen the other day about um, sound baths or gong baths. Um, and you figure these things out through the process of literally practicing something that you're interested in. But if you stay in theory, then you're not evolving. Yeah. You're just spouting theory. Um, speaking of sound uh, healing, uh -huh. we are going to host a sound healing event sometime in the next month huh. for Team Zen members. Okay. And I think I'm going to invite Men Living members on there as well. But um, I just wanted to say that. So wonderful. Yeah. And but we're Stay not tuned. doing it. We're not doing it. We're hiring people that I've hired before to do it. And you do it from your laptop and a sweet set of headphones. You don't want me to bring out my gong? No. And my tuning fork? No. And my sound bowl? No. I, I we have a, a few of these things, but I don't know if I would know how to do it. Um, so anyway, so that is the gist of praxis, which I thought was really important. And then she goes, this is kind of going to be the last part that we talk about, okay. but I thought this was really interesting. So she says, you know, she's talking about her experience with understanding praxis. And she said, one of the statements that she would always find herself saying, because she didn't feel at home with herself, is why can't I have that? She would look at other people and think to herself, what they have, I want, and why can't I have that? And that statement, why can't I have that, implies that it's somehow not achievable. Mm -hmm. It strips away her power and makes her believe that she'll never have it. It calls for like kind of a, a submission that mm. she has to be something different or do something different. And it's obviously a roadblock because it keeps her from thinking that something is possible. Right. So all she did... <laughs> the fly just landed... On Kathy's forehead. Oh my God, Tut, you understand. I know, and it's not touching me. I oh, know. there's two of them now. There's two of them. I mean, I I am not, I, I just, on this show, I'm so tired of talking about flies. It's just because of our studio basement. There's something, we have a studio in the basement, and there's something about this room in the summer that mm. they're attracted to. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, because Todd cleaned up the place. There's not a lot of spiders in here anymore. And Can you imagine how mad you'd be if if I didn't clean this place up and oh, the flies would be this bad? I'd be so mad. So, okay, I'm going to try and avoid the fly. Good luck. So, <laughs> so she changed, why can't I have that, and just changed one word to why don't I have that. Mm. And then that statement implies that it is achievable, it doesn't strip away your power. It just says, I don't have it yet. It calls for purpose and it serves as what she calls a road brick. So Todd, I'm going to show you this picture. And this is a wall yeah. of bricks and okay. it says, why can't I have that? And there's a person on one side and they can't get to the other get side. Get over the wall. There's all the bricks. Yeah. And then why don't I have that serves as a road brick and the wall lays down. Flat. And then there's just these bricks and this guy still has a big uh, wheel or guy or girl, whoever has a big wheelbarrow of bricks. And basically you're just building a path mm -hmm. and a road to getting what you want. It's, it's, it's going from a place of victimhood Correct. or villain to empowerment. Correct. With that one word. So changing the question from why can't I have that to why don't I have that? And why don't I have that is a self discovery inventory. It's not a, 
blaming other people. It's not a sense of, you know, it's this person's fault. Why I don't have this? It's like, why don't I have that? And what can I do? And what's possible? And what's what action can I take? And maybe it won't even look like this. Maybe it'll end up taking me on a different path. And again, that's what you were just saying about praxis being theory mm-hmm. and then practice and then reflection is sometimes we think we want something and we'll go after it and we'll work at it really hard and we may get it or we may not. But even if we get it, we may say, oh, this is not what I thought it would be. Yeah. You know, like there we get into it and we're not, I mean, I've been, cause my oldest daughter's going to college. I've been talking to her so much about what I was going to major in journalism. Right. And then I went for that. And as I was walking that path of practice, I was like, oh, I don't think this is what I want to do. Then I was going to become a teacher. And I was like, this is perfect for me. Perfect. And then I ended up in a fifth grade classroom and I was like, I don't think this is perfect for Mm -hmm. me because the only parts I like are talking about their feelings. I don't want to talk about English and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so the reflection helps you find your true path and you keep laying bricks your whole life. Well, and I guess I'm calling myself out. I'm very action oriented. Yeah. So action, reflection, theory. I think I'm really heavy on the action, probably not so heavy on the reflection. I'm also pretty good at telling people what to do, like giving theory, like read this book. But yeah, I'm. I don't think I'm really good on the reflection. I I'll disagree with you. I think you are very good at the reflection. I think that it butts up against your big brain. Yeah, which needs to be busy and doing something and and being productive. And if I'm sitting there reflecting, how productive can I be? Reminds me of your dad. Remember your dad would be sitting in the living room when when before I knew him, and he'd be looking at the wall. Oh yeah, and your he'd mom's like cleaning finger. the house or whatever. <laughs> And she's like, what the hell are you doing? And he, what does he say? What's He'd say, line? I'm planning our future. John Cassani was <laughs> reflecting in that moment. And, and it worked. It, and the truth was he was, but he was also not helping my mom clean, which is a problem. <laughs> okay. So that's a whole other Sweetie, thing. next time I'm just, I mean, I don't sit on the couch looking at the wall very often, but I'm just going to say I'm planning I'm our planning future. I'm planning our future. Um, but, <laughs> you know, going back to your big brain, big brain on Brad, um, what's that from? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, that's right. Look at the big brain on Brad. Um, so you you have, because you have found, excuse me while I talk about you for a second, like you're Please not go here. Ahead. Because you have found safety in theory and. Hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> Brad! Check out the big brain on Brad! <laughs> you're a smart motherfucker. Oh. oh. Almost. Almost. <laughs> it's one of the best scenes of all time. So no, it's a hor- horrible scene. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's just, it's a rough scene, yeah. but, you know, the big brain. Check out the brain on Brad. <laughs> so, but what it is, is you are, and, and actually, one of my daughters is I'm, she's going through some experiences this summer and she and I are having all these deep talks and we're, you know, she's learning all these new creative outlets. It's really, you know, we're just watching her grow so much. And she is also like trying to like get out of that mindset of that things have to look a certain way and that meaning comes from thinking differently Mm -hmm. and meaning comes from doing things that maybe you're not good at Mm -hmm. and meaning comes from education is not always like, you know, it's not always helpful. Do you know what I mean? It can get us really stuck in a way of thinking. And I think that we, some people find safety in facts 
and I'm all about facts and science. Don't get me wrong. This gets a little murky because of 2020 and, you know, other things, other things. But what I mean is that there's a safety in that I'm just going to do it this way because this is how everybody's always done it. And, you know, you and I just had a talk yesterday about marketing Mm -hmm. and we didn't really finish it because we just we always struggle Struggle with it. (laughs) But you're like, this is what we need to do because this is the facts and this is how it works. And all I can say to Todd is, but in my body, I feel like I want to throw up. So that can't be a good sign. So even though the facts may say, let's do this, if my body is saying, no, uncomfortable, not right, I can't override that. But it's not, if Todd laid all the facts out in front of me, he's not wrong. So, oh, this is what I was going to say about our daughter and about you. But that's where it gets really interesting. I think that's where headaches can come from mm. because our mind and body are not in sync. It creates, it creates stress. And that's what I was going to say about our daughter. She's had more headaches than usual. And I'm like, that's because you're having all these new, like you're having all these new experiences of connecting mind and body. And sometimes your mind is pushing against your body and your body, you know, like getting them in alignment takes some practice yeah. and, and it's not, it, we don't get to a point where it's like, Oh, now we're in alignment. It's constant praxis for sure. You know what I mean? Well, and just the fact that you're bringing up mind body connection, I am somebody who resides in their head more often than I think is healthy. And I don't, I don't check in with my body and there is misalignment. Now, for some reason I don't get those headaches, but right. Um, I do think that there's, there's something to the idea of mind-body connection, right? Well, and there is like, you know, the discussion about, you know, let's just go back to our discussion about marketing. You may have the facts and then you may also say, I'm excited about doing this. Mm-hmm. My body is like, yes, let's go. I'm awake. I want to. And so you then are on board mm-hmm. because your mind and your body, whereas I'm having this experience where you're showing me the facts and I'm with you there, but I'm not excited and you're right and I'm right. Yeah. Well, and just so everybody knows the, the debate that Kathy <laughs> and I had last night was traditional marketing versus organic marketing. Yeah. Kathy's a huge advocate of organic marketing and that's why we have as many listeners as we do. I'm like, no, let's do some of the old school traditional marketing. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that let's keep going and expanding. So if you want to help us, just tell a friend (laughs) and then we can put this marketing debate aside and we won't do any traditional marketing. So, well, and quick plug. And that's the thing is, is neither of us are wrong in this discussion. We just always end our dates talking about things like work related where we're like, we shouldn't be talking about this. It's not easy to, um, have a business with your life partner. No. And I think we navigate it beautifully. I think we do And too. sometimes we run into discussions like we did last night. Well, we both, are, we're so different and we, um, we both have to find a place where we honor each other's practice and process. And what I mean by that is I know it doesn't make sense to you when I'm like, my stomach hurts. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, buck up and do it. I don't, not that it doesn't make sense to me, but I, I'm not feeling it. But I get it. There's a misalignment and something doesn't feel right. And our time is so precious. Yeah. Do I really want to do spend... I want to do that? Yeah. And and am I good at it? And is that where I want to like, is that, you know, is that where my skills lie? Yeah. I've been an entrepreneur since I had kids. So yeah. that's 18 years. And that's like the one place that is like exhausting for me. Sure. So I'm kind of like, why do I want to do that? But anyway. So let's finish up talking about this. Um, So basically, the goal is 
of this, why can't I have that and why don't I have that? And again, this is like two pages in this book. Yeah, like, two out of the 300. <laughs> like you should see how many pages I have marked. Um, the whole process of this is this is what we can do in every aspect of our lives, not just work, but in our conversation. Like we may watch um, a, a mother and a daughter together and say, wow, they seem to get along so well. Why can't I have that? Mm-hmm. And you know, as if you've somehow, you know, been struck down by the gods that you will not have a connected relationship versus why don't I have that? What kind of energy do I bring? Well, this is your belief in the power of words. I tend to not use my words as um, precisely as you do. Mm -hmm. But to your point, there's such, there's a world of difference between why can't I have that versus why don't I have that? And it's the power of words. It is. It's really... A complete paradigm shift. Yes. Because why can't I is the brick wall in front of your face and why don't I is a paved path in front of you that why don't I is practice and it's going to take, you know, like let's go back to the one that we just said, you know, you, you want to have a closer relationship with your daughter. It's not going to take one conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be one time going, you know, taking her out for ice cream. It's not, it's going to be a lot of bricks Mm. because you may have to pull up some old bricks, you know, and you, so I want everyone to know that this is not, these aren't simple solutions. This is forging a path where you feel like you're at home with yourself and that you're not doing outside things to belong, but instead you're belonging to yourself and then showing up as that person. And that connects to everything we have talked about today. When it, when we're talking about pride or when we're talking about our children talking to us about their sexuality and gender, embracing that instead of worrying about, but this is what I thought and, you know, go through your own grief process of, of the change of what you thought was happening with Mm -hmm. your children. That is something you may need to do, but then embracing them fully and allowing them to be at home with themselves and you're at home with them. That's, that's the road you're paving. Even if you can't do it initially, that's the road rather than why can't I have a kid who, you know, walks a more traditional path. We should call this podcast changing from can't to don't or something like that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I like where you're going, but it sounds like two negatives. Yeah. Right. But yes, we'll work on that. Um, sweetie, you know, uh, we talked about praxis, but Alan Iverson wants to talk about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Oh, you pl- you've played that like for years. And why is that such a famous clip? Because he was um, criticized. Alan Iverson, one of the better NBA players of all time. Right. Like he's just great. He was unbelievably gifted. Um, he was called out because he either didn't show up to a practice or he did not, he was lollygagging. I love that word. That's uh-huh. from Bull Durham uh-huh. in a practice. And he was, and he, his rebuttal was, we're talking about practice, not a game. And okay. Michael Jordan is known as the best player of all time. And what he was known for is how hard he practiced. Uh, That's why he was so good uh, because he treated every practice like it was life and death. And my question would be, and I'm just playing sure. with this, but can Allen Iverson have a different way of being than Michael Jordan? Do we all have to be Michael Jordan? No, but it's kind of like if you're not going to try hard during practice, don't expect to be as good as you can be during the game. 
I hear that. Because I think he even maybe blew off a practice or something uh, like that. And so. I, I hear that. And, and you're, you're probably right. Because if we're not, if we have a job and we're not, and we're not showing up for practicing our job or for learning. Preparing yourself, right. whatever it is. So I totally hear that. But I also feel like sometimes we use one person as the model and say, we all have to do what this person does. Right. And that gets away from being at home in yourself. Agreed. So this is multi-layered. It is, as everything else is. I know. Um, real quick, Team Zen. It's something we do every month. We just did um, our last two Zen Talks. We've done 121 of these. The last two Zen Talks, we talked about biofeedback and the end of school year frustrations. We talked about brain mapping, which was kind of new to me. Yeah. Our our Team Zen members helped yeah, us. Helped us understand brain mapping. And that, uh, Zen Talk 120 is about morning routines and book recommendations. And 119 was a son dealing with anxiety, dorm rooms, and high school transition. So we have these conversations with a select number of listeners called Team Zen members twice a month. If you're interested, please uh, click on the link on your show notes and join us. This first month is free. And we are going to do that sound healing for um, Team Zen uh, members, teammates. So, and then I also want to do a quick plug for our partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. He's actually putting three new doors, screen doors, on our doors because our doors suck. Our doors blow. And they kind of crack me up because they're always, like, off. They're always wonky. Yes. All of our doors. Do you know I still have a Christmas wreath on the back door? What's going on there? That's for um, people that celebrate Christmas all year. I like it because it has bells. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I haven't noticed it. It's not a lack of noticing. I'm kind of trying to pretend it fits. Yeah. Does it fit? It totally fits for me. Good. Um, And then I also do one-on-one coaching. Coaching for guys, go to toddadamscoaching.com. What else? Anything else we want to promote, sweetie? Well, again... God, he's um, got a book coming out in February. I do. More to come on that later in the summer. Um, but uh, Zen Parenting Moment is probably the biggest thing for me. That's what I focus on the most uh, these days. So if you're not getting that email where I send out a Zen Parenting Moment every Tuesday and Friday, like Todd said, either scroll down below the podcast and you can click there or just go to ZenParentingRadio.com and it'll say subscribe. You just put in your email address and it just comes to your inbox. That's it. Piece of cake. Piece of cake. And then uh, menliving.org for any guys who want to connect authentically with other guys. Um We'll see you next week, I guess. Have a great week. Keep trucking, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us. The best part of what we do is getting to spend time with our listeners and an awesome community of parents who have come together over at Team Zen. Team Zen is a great opportunity to connect as much as you want with a group of like-minded parents, and you'll even get exclusive content from Kathy and me. Find out more about Team Zen on our site, zenparentingradio.com. We know your inbox needs more hopeful and helpful info, so sign up for the Zen Parenting Moment. Two times a week, you'll receive a quick read that will boost your day and improve your outlook. Sign up at zenparentingradio.com. While men and women, moms and dads, parents and non-parents are all welcome here at ZPR, we know most of our followers are female and moms. So today we're shouting out an opportunity that's just for the guys. Men Living creates opportunities for men to gather together to give and get support and build friendship. I am one of the founders of the group and you'll find me every week helping facilitate our virtual meeting on Wednesday nights at 7.30. Interested or want to share the details with someone you love? You can find the Zoom link at menliving.org.
Ready for a Gen X view of personal growth? Join us for Pop Culturing, our podcast filled with humor, fun, and a characteristic emphasis on self-awareness as we explore movies, TV, and pop culture. And don't forget, I coach guys. So if you're interested, head on over to toddadamscoaching.com and schedule a one-on-one session. First session is free. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give them a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.